This is the fifth episode of Won't You Be My Comrade, a podcast by the Pittsburgh chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. I'm Jared Bloomer, he, him. I'm Levi Petler, he, him. Today we're speaking with members of the Sunrise Movement. The Sunrise Movement is a youth-led movement to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process. They're building an army of young people to make climate change an urgent priority across America and the corrupting influence of fossil fuel executives on our politics and elect leaders who stand up for the health and well-being of all people and our planet. Can you share your name, pronouns, and your involvement with the Sunrise Movement? Elise Sheher, and I'm Hub Co-Coordinator of the Pittsburgh Hub. Elias, they, them, and um, I've been with Sunrise for a little over a year now. Luna, she, her, and I'm just a fellow community organizer that I've been organizing with Sunrise now. Um, it's going to be about a year um, when Earth Day comes around. So what started your interest in the Sunrise Movement or your radical approach to environmentalism more generally? When the pandemic started, I was signed up for Sunrise National newsletters and they advertised this Sunrise School thing they were doing while school was all shut down. Um, And so I took a Green New Deal crash course and it was like my first proper introduction to what the Green New Deal was and any hopes we had of achieving it because beforehand... The only thing I had heard about the Green New Deal was that it was everything America needed, but that it would never get passed. Um, And so up to that point, I had very little faith in our ability to organize around it. And I didn't even know like what organizing looked like. I didn't know a theory of change. But after I took the crash course with Sunrise, I felt hope for the first time in a long time. And that motivated me to reach out to the Pittsburgh Hub and start organizing in my own community. For me, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, and, you know, I I grew up in a family that was very ecologically conscious that inspired me to go on and work with local organizations back home. And I ended up working with New Yorker News, which, as some folks may know, some folks may not, um, was instrumental in the passage of the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, the first such like overarching bill of its kind passed by a state uh, which laid out essentially a climate action plan for the next 50 years whether or not it's properly funded whole different question lots of other lobbying that happened there but I learned from the folks there about you know how to pursue a green new deal how to make policy action how to organize and I also learned from my elders at the Western New York Environmental Alliance and took great inspiration from the Native American community in Buffalo, all of which I've brought to my work here. I'm involved just because it has uh, directly affected me as someone who lives um, in the north side uh, and seeing this happen pretty much across from me in the water. There's kind of a little uh, fossil-free situation happening um, between my neighborhood and McKee's Rocks. And obviously the city of Pittsburgh where we live in has one of the worst air qualities in the world, which affects me a lot, which affects um, my family a lot. And the city just in general and our air, our water, our soil. 
And we have to just recognize that um, as young people who live in Pittsburgh, we have the ability to change the situations locally and at the state level. We have the ability to ban fracking and the extraction of fossil fuels in the state, implement solar and wind and, you know, our clean sources of energy and have that, you know, being owned by the public and produced by the public and really create solid, high quality union jobs as well to build that infrastructure in the state. Uh, we have the ability to repeal policies, legislation, laws that were created with the intent to oppress and kill minority communities, such as the one that I live in, um, in the North Side. So what work is the Sunrise Movement doing in Pittsburgh and around the country? So I can speak to Pittsburgh. So in the past, we planned some climate strikes in accordance with Global Days of Action. And in the future, uh, in the coming months, we're looking to head start a divestment campaign targeting nonprofits. So yeah, that's the majority of work that we're doing in Pittsburgh right now, along with there's been a ton of work being done electorally, locally. We've helped elect some great climate champions in city and county council. And we just endorsed Summerly for federal Congress. And then on the national level, Sunrise Movement has had some campaigns, like day, like National Days of Action, that we've had a part in. But their campaign plans right now are like still being like planned. So, can anyone speak to the work nationally? They had like a sun sunrise 1.0 plan, and then they like threw it out because they like because their goal is to create like a cross race, cross class like really highlight all the intersectionalities in the movement, but they realized in 2020 that that wasn't working. So late 2021, they started testing out like Sunrise 2.0 DNA, which is just like a completely like new like structure of how things are organized organizationally and campaign wise. And so to my knowledge, they were testing it out in late 2021 with like how people were feeling about it, both as organizers and both as citizens in communities that are affected by the climate crisis. And they're probably going to launch it soon, like in a few months or earlier. And not that it was like bad that they were doing like a cross race, cross class thing, just that the way they were handling it wasn't working for a lot of the folks that they were trying to reach out to. So the Green New Deal has been mentioned a few times, and we're going to touch on that. Uh, one of the key goals of the Sunrise Movement is to win the Green New Deal. For those listeners who are unfamiliar, the Green New Deal is a congressional resolution to mobilize every aspect of American society to 100% clean and renewable energy, guarantee living wage jobs for anyone who needs one, and provide a just transition for both workers and frontline communities all in the next 10 years. So Biden's Build Back Better plan aims or aimed, as it were, to reduce carbon emissions to net zero by 2050 far short of the Green New Deal's goal of 2035. And yet the Build Back Better plan has been defeated or delayed due to a lack of conservative support, including that of Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. So to you all, I'm, I'm curious what steps you see as the next steps for the Green New Deal being passed. I think it starts at home. I think the biggest problem that we're really facing is an apathy, not of like our politicians because our politicians are always apathetic like just just honestly on a national level you know the majority of our politicians 
will not vote for something unless there is an immense amount of pressure put on them, either by corporate lobbies or by their own constituencies, because there's there's an idea of maintaining the status quo, maintaining precedence. So I think, you know, if we want to pass Build Back Better, if we want to pass a Green New Deal, um, if we want to build these steps, we need to address the apathy, uh, particularly among younger folks, because we know we can get older folks to vote, you know, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, if you're older, you typically vote more. You are more willing to leverage your power. I would say that we aren't doing like direct voter outreach, but we have done a lot of outreach. For example, we held a climate strike on September 24th and we did hours and hours of canvassing different neighborhoods. I know I was out with Ilios in Oakland handing out like hundreds of flyers and in that we want people to get to the protest and then once they get to the protest they hear the speakers and maybe they feel some hope maybe they feel inspired maybe some of the apathy that Ilios was talking about wears off and maybe they're like hey I want to help somehow because this is an important issue and then once that happens they the bare minimum once your once your mindset once your point of view is changed after going to a protest and hearing people talk about these important issues, the bare minimum that you do is vote. And now, like, that might sound a little too hopeful, but I would say that if you get someone that, like, doesn't know anything about the Green New Deal to a protest and you tell them straight up that, like, this is what America needs, then they might have it in their heart to start looking politically, looking electorally, at least, and then that's a way to vote. But it's also a way to get them organized. And then once they're organized, they can have that same effect on more people. So like, I really think the more people we get organized and doing things, like voting, more people voting is just a side effect of that. I'd also like to remind folks that Sunrise National as an organization pulled like out all the stops in 2020 and held phone banks, like three of them every week kid you not and I, I remember being on them and going through the trainings you know how do you reach a voter how do you handle a Trump supporter um, how do you handle someone who's just like berating you you know like just engaging youth who don't have the power to vote in the process of getting others who do have the power to vote to do so um, and I, I really think that the Democratic Party frankly owes you know, this this block of youth who cannot vote, their seats in Congress and their seats in the White House, because without this generation um, phone banking, you know, pretty much every day, every week for like a solid six months, they would not have won. Communication is key, obviously, in, um, you know, spreading the word, um, getting people um, involved in this type of work. Um, and show up um, for us and our communities, um, you know, because, you know, we are planting the seed in people. And the more we keep planting the seed for people that don't see these issues happening near them and recognizing, like, oh, this is an issue and uh, it impacts all of our lives in so many different aspects. Uh, you know, people need to see this from different lenses because climate change is an intersectional problem and it is a barrier to our future. Yeah, for sure. And just to add on to what Ilias was saying about phone banking, Sunrise Pittsburgh held a bunch of 
phone banks for our endorsed candidates in 2021. And Sunrise National has already endorsed their first candidate, uh, Jessica Cisneros, who is running to be a representative in Texas. And if you go on Sunrise National's website, you can find phone banks that you can plug into right now to phone bank for her. That's wonderful. We appreciate the call to action. So piggybacking on what Luna said about climate change affecting your futures, how do you as young people foresee life in the coming decades? That's a loaded question. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. I I have no I have no certainty right now. There is no certainty in my mind of where we might end up because I can have all the hope in the world that we get a bunch of people activated this year and we can convince Ganey to give us a like Pittsburgh Renew Deal by the end of like 2023. And that's still just one local Green New Deal. And obviously local is where you start. You have to set the precedent. You have to get people excited about this type of stuff. But it's still a long road. And, you know, we know that going in. Like, we're going to be playing the long game. But in a decade, no idea where we'll end up. Probably not where we should be, but somewhere. I actually just wrote about this in one of my college applications. (laughs) Um, So I have a lot to say about it, especially now with the pandemic. I mean, this is just a trial run. It's a trial run for um, the nearing crisis of climate change. And, you know, I think we're faced with a very possible world of famines, droughts, natural disasters, illnesses um, that's going to be caused by the poisoning of our air, our water, and our soil. And the breakdown of our ecosystems, the loss of biodiversity, and, you know, there's this possibility that our futures will be ones of suffering. So, and I want to be hopeful, though. You know, I'm supporting passing legislation, obviously, bills focused on climate change, getting involved with organizations like Sunrise, because we need to stand up for the health and well-being of all people, no matter what is going to happen. We need to make sure that at least communities are going to be prepared for the impending breakdown of our climate and our ecosystems. Yeah, I would piggybacking off of what Luna said, I would say you can measure success by like how much action on climate is taken, but I think it's just as important to measure success by how much awareness and action on climate justice is taken because that's where things are really happening here. We have like this like capitalism (laughs) we have capitalism that we know is destroying our planet and if we don't get ideas about something other than (laughs) the the green capitalism that people are trying to flaunt then this is just going to happen all over again in another weird way so we need a better future that's not that i'm not hopeful for it i'm not optimistic about it nor am i pessimistic about it i i just feel a sense of obligation and determination to make the the best possible scenario for myself and my community. Elise mentioned a Pittsburgh Green New Deal, and Elias, I believe you mentioned working in Buffalo for their own version of a Green New Deal. Uh, so what does a Pittsburgh Green New Deal actually look like? My first thought is holding people and corporations accountable, because Luna talks about, like, the bad air quality that we have. And why is that? It's because of the Clarion Coke Works and because of the Edgar Thompson Mill. 
in Clarendon and Braddock, uh, respectively. And then you have this cracker plant in Beaver County. And these are all contributing to the issue. And in a Pittsburgh Green Deal, these places would not, these factories would not exist anymore. They would get phased out. And But there is still an element of having to hold these places accountable for the harm they've already done. We see Clareton having insanely high asthma rates. I was doing research and I saw that the elementary school in Clareton has, literally has an asthma management program. They have like a what to do if like a kid has an asthma attack. There's a whole like written out thing about it because they're so common during the day when the Clareton Coke Works has all their smoke going up in the air. Kids just have so many asthma attacks there. And so it's essential that we hold these corporations accountable for the harm that they're doing. You know, we're basically just asking for transition to clean, renewable energy, asking, you know, to help us aid in that transition to clean air, to clean water, to clean soil, for health and wellness of our community and our land. Get rid of the fracking projects, stop burning fossil fuels, and give us new union jobs. Um, it, this is going to be a new, it will be a new support system for people, especially people who need it. Following up on what Luna said about union jobs, uh, as socialists in the DSA, we are very in support of unions and forming unions. So we were curious if the Sunrise Movement reaches out to labor at all and has utilized that in their organizing. It's been very difficult because I think the unions of this area are, and the whole country really, are in a state of um, depression. But like in, in some ways we're kind of coming out of it because there is new union movement happening. We are engaged in conversations with a lot of our elders who have strong ties to unions. And so their insights have been valuable in how we are planning a lot of our actions going forwards, as well as the members of our hub who are working class and who are trying to build this this working class movement in their own environments. I believe Elise mentioned a desire to banish capitalism to a whole. How common is this sentiment within Sunrise? And how do you respond to critics on the left who argue that a Green New Deal addresses more symptoms rather than the root cause of environmentally destructive mass consumption under capitalism? This sounds like a college essay question. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't give me flashbacks please <laughs> um i would say the majority of sunrise membership is anti-capitalists pittsburgh sunrise membership is anti-capitalist but we don't always Ilios, like have we like in our protests been explicitly anti-capitalist no and i don't like, think we want to either because like yeah I, there are so many diverse opinions, and I think, you know, if we alienate capitalism entirely from our messaging, then we lose a lot of minorities, particularly immigrant communities that would otherwise support us, just like how, you know, a lot of Republican messaging succeeded in flipping Latina voters in the 2020 elections, which is something we which is a community that is integral to all of our movements, and we should really make an effort to include them in our conversations. I feel like if people looked at the root cause of these issues, then they would see why we're fighting against capitalism too. It's literally <laughs> the, one of the root causes of why we 
are fighting to have clean water, why we're fighting to have clean air, why we're fighting to have clean soil. You know, what corporations are the ones that are polluting our water, our air, our soil? Why are they doing it in low-income neighborhoods specifically? Again, it's the whole putting profit over people that all goes back to capitalism. What do you all see as the strengths and weaknesses of the Sunrise Movement as an organization? I would say a big weakness of the national org would be that it's a national org. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And whenever a hub screws up in some way, it reflects on the national org and every single hub as a result. And so there have been some difficulties there of reminding people of our stances as like, very much climate justice when some Sunrise Hubs just like don't do things that reflect those values all the time. But one of the strengths that I super duper appreciated when I first got into organizing was that with Sunrise National, like as such an established organization, you have name recognition with a lot of different people. And there's also an abundance of resources. When I planned my first little rally, which was against the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett, I had no idea how to plan an action, but there was like a Sunrise National Day of Action. I was like, I need to do this. Like, I want to say something about this. And so they had a coach like talk to me, someone who had been planning actions for like years. And they walked me through the whole process. They were like, this is what you need for an art build. Like, let's talk about like moral messaging. Like what should go on your banner? What should go on your signs? And it was just a really insightful experience. And I'm so grateful that I got that knowledge from people and now, like, I get to pass that on to more people, which is beautiful. I know I'm not with Sunrise, so I can't speak from personal experience as an organizer with Sunrise. But I feel like as activists, it is all a collective process. And it could be difficult working with other organizers, of course. But again, always come back to remembering, like, what, why we're doing what we're doing. You know, that at the end of the day, this is about community And even if we don't agree on um, certain um, tactics, you know, what the action should be like, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, like we have to come together and get it done. What gives you hope to keep up this fight? What first gave me hope when I started organizing and continues to give me hope, like what I'm like over a year and a half into organizing now is the people. The people that I organize with are, that's like the thing that makes me excited to get on every single meeting and go to every single action that we plan. We have such an incredible hub of knowledgeable and funny people. And I know that we're all in this fight together and we all know that it's a long game and that there's going to be loss. There's going to be struggle, but in the end, We are doing something that is really meaningful to us and together it brings even more meaning. It's the people and I I believe the people will win. Music and editing by Jared Bloomer, he, him, also known as Corpses. To learn more about the Pittsburgh DSA and to join our work to facilitate the transition to a truly democratic and socialist society, visit pghdsa.org.